Welcome to episode five of Defenders of the Bank with your boy Philly and The Scarf. We're so excited to be here today. We are less than 20 hours from the Vissel Kobe game. I can't wait for tomorrow. I'm super excited because you got us all nice new audio equipment that we are recording on for the first time, too. This is lots of fun. What I love about this podcast is this will be something for your drive to the game, whether you're taking the metro, whether you're driving, whether you're Ubering. And this is the episode that we want you to listen to before and while you're heading to the Vissel Kobe game. Okay, and the topics to discuss today, we're going to talk about the big news that happened today. We finally signed Fito Zelaya. We're going to be discussing the LAFC scrimmage game with Toronto FC that was uh, up in Irvine. The return of the general. We're going to talk about the U.S. men's national team and Panama, or should I say LAFC versus Panama. That's right. Uh, LAFC won that game 2-1, to one, I believe, or 2 nothing. We're going to talk about some of our former players. We're going to highlight the other players that are on Vassell Kobe. And, of course, we're going to give a shout-out to the Academy players. Big news what's going on there. But before we get started in everything, we're going to start it off with what we always start off with, our happy birthday segment. Scarf, whose birthday is today? That's right. We are recording this pod on January 30th, and I want to say happy birthday to Batman, Christian Bale. That's right. He is 45 years young today. Christian Bale, happy birthday. Also, we've got the man that Kobe dropped 81 points on, of course, a member of the Fab Five. Jalen Rose turns 46 today. And musical legend Phil Collins, 68 years old today. Philly, who else do we have on the birthday train? Well, this wouldn't be a birthday shout-out if there was no wrestler, so happy 32nd birthday to the Irish lass, Becky Lynch. In addition, we'll talk about a football player. By football, we mean soccer. The legendary Peter Crouch turns 38 years old today as well. Yeah, one last one, one great one. FDR, Franklin Delano Roosevelt, born on this date in 1882. And you know what? Actually, since we're talking about Batman, we can't forget about Lex Luthor, Superman's villain. Uh, Lex Luthor, played by Gene Hackman. Happy 89th birthday, Gene. That was by far your best segue. I'm not going to (laughs) lie. That was pretty good. I liked it. All right. So another thing, this day in sports, we're going to highlight LA teams for the most part. So Scarf, what happened on this day in sports? Yeah, 1971. Last podcast, we talked to you about the end of UCLA's 88 game winning streak. Well, on this day, January 30th in 1971, UCLA's 88 game win streak began. So they started their 88 game win streak. Also, in the year of my birth, 1983, Super Bowl 17 was played right here in Pasadena, California at the Rose Bowl. And of course, all of you hockey fans, because we know how many of you listening to this podcast are diehard hockey fans. In 1990, Wayne Gretzky recorded his 100th point today for the 11th straight season, which was an NHL record. But more LA-related things even went on today. What about that, Philly? All right, 1996, Magic Johnson comes out of a five-year retirement and helps the Lakers win 128-118 to over... The Golden State Warriors. Yeah, he was only two rebounds away from a triple-double in his first game in more than five years. And the one stat, the one this day in history that I'm really excited about, and for all you Rams fans out there, the year 2000, Super Bowl 34 at the Georgia Dome, the St. Louis Rams beat the Tennessee Titans 23-16, to and your MVP on that game, Kurt Warner. 
Yeah, cannot wait. Apparently, there's a really big football game happening this Sunday that also involves the Rams. Really excited about that. Uh, you and I will be here watching that game. When I say here, we are recording at the lair of Christian Philly Philemon. Yeah, it's it's definitely a lair. And in this case, we're in a cave. But yeah, so that's this day in sports. Those are our birthdays. Let's get crack a into LAFC news. And first, the big news that happened today, the news that we reported prematurely almost a week ago, we finally, finally, finally got Fito Zelaya. Yeah, a little shout out there to uh, LAFC Rich, Rich Orozco. I just wanted to say thank you for contacting us about the photo that we posted. Yeah, Fito Zelaya, this is going to be an interesting signing for LAFC. He will bring the Salvadoran fans to the bank in droves. Fun fact, there are more Salvadorans, people from El Salvador, living in Los Angeles than any other place in the world other than the country of El Salvador itself. Over 260,000 Salvadorans live in Los Angeles, and I've got to believe they are super excited to get one of the greatest scorers in the history of the Salvadoran national team and of Salvadoran soccer, Fito Zelaya. Yeah, this kid is an unbelievable scorer. 30-year-old striker, as we mentioned, from El Salvador. He uh, last played with Alianza. In fact, he was on the pitch for them, not in a playing role, but more in an honorary role because, of course, he's going to have to jump on a flight and make his way over to Los Angeles because hopefully he gets to feature in the game against Vissel Kobe. For those of you who are wondering what jersey number he's going to be rocking, if you go to LAFC HQ and you want to get that personalized jersey, Fito will be wearing the number 22. Yeah, LAFC headquarters actually tweeted out earlier today that they've already got Zelaya 22 jerseys available if you're interested in purchasing one. You know, it's going to be really interesting to see. I don't know if he'll get any run tomorrow for Vissel, against Vissel Kobe, I should say. But yeah, he was on the field tonight for Alianza's game against, I believe it was Aguila, and they won 2 nothing, which was great. He provided a little boost to them. Uh, on the pitch, but he did not play. Like you said, he received a plaque, an honorary plaque before the game. He spent the better part of the last decade starring for Alianza in the Salvadoran League, and he is a multiple award winner there, including player of the year. He's the team's all-time leading scorer, I believe, and, and just one of those players that's transcended Salvadoran soccer. We're really getting probably the best living Salvadoran soccer player now here on LAFC. And the interesting thing is, in the 227 games that he played in, he scored 112 times. That basically comes down to he scored a goal every other game. On the national team, he played 45 times, scored 21 goals. There is no doubt that this kid is an unbelievable goal scorer and somebody who's probably going to punch it in the back of the net more times than we can possibly anticipate this season. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how much run he gets. You know, obviously we are stacked at the forward position with Christian Ramirez and, of course, Adama Diamande taking a lot of the playing time at that position. We'll see how Bob Bradley works him in over the course of the season. It is always a good thing to have a bunch of weapons out there. I know people all over Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram are going, wait, we got another forward now? Didn't we need a goalie? Didn't we need a defender? Well, you know, yes, sure, we still need those things, but it's always good. Ask the Golden State Warriors how nice it is to have a couple of extra options scoring other than just the Splash Brothers or maybe just Steph and Kevin. I think that's what we're seeing here with Fito Zelaya taking the field for LAFC. 
And the details of his contract aren't really known, but from what I've uh, read, he signed a two-year deal, and the guy's got a green card, so he's actually not going to occupy an international roster spot, which definitely helps us out. You're right, it's going to be really interesting to see how he features with the rest of the players on here, but again, history has shown that he has the ability to punch it in the back of the net. One statistic about him, or one fact that I did want to highlight, in 2013, He did receive a one-year ban for his involvement in a match-fixing scandal with the national team. Now, from what I heard during that time period and those games in question, he actually played his tail off. This match-fixing situation was a pretty big deal. Pretty big of a deal in the sense that 14 players from El Salvador were given a lifetime ban. 22 were suspended, and it all ranged from games that came in from 2010 up until 2012, including losses to Mexico, the U.S., and Paraguay. So... Obviously, his involvement wasn't that great. I mean, if he only got a one-year ban, thankfully, he's not banned for lifetime. But, you know, I know a lot of people are going to be bringing that up or coming across that statistic. But fact of the matter is, it happened six years ago. Who cares? We've all made mistakes. Whether or not he took the money, you know, you could attribute this to like the Black Sox scandal. You know, say it ain't so, Joe, Shoeless Joe Jackson, whether he took the money or not. That's to be seen. He played his tail off and only got the one-year ban. I don't think this is a big deal. And if anybody wants to highlight it and have a further conversation, fine. But what happened six years ago, not really interested in it. On this highway, this freeway of life, we're focusing on what's in front of us. We focus on that rearview mirror. We crash in front of us. So I just wanted to highlight that as an interesting fact for Fito Zelaya. Yeah, and of course, Defenders, if you're listening, we would love to get your take on Instagram or Facebook at Defenders of the Bank and on Twitter at Defend the Bank. Let us know how you feel about this signing. You know, I know there's been a a lot of back and forth on on Facebook and on on Instagram and in different posts and everything. But the way I look at it is is this. If, If it were the New York Mets, for example, I wouldn't care what country the guy came from. If he can help our team on the field play better, win more games, if we can go to the MLS Cup this year because we added a player like Fito Zelaya, I am all for it. I don't care where he comes from. I want to see the best possible team on the field We already have an incredible selection of amazing international players along with our American players. It doesn't matter where he comes from. I'm excited for Fito. Speaking of international players, let's branch out into our next segment. Welcome Fito Zelaya, by the way, number 22. We had a U.S. men's national team game against Panama, which featured LAFC players. Scarf, which LAFC players were featured? Not only were they on the team, but you used the exact word, especially in the second half. But before we get to the second half, before I started running around my house screaming like a crazy person two times in about five minutes, the overall effort from this game was absolutely fantastic. We beat Panama 3-0 in a game where we pretty much controlled possession from the very first kick You were talking quite a bit in the last podcast about what it means to have Greg Berhalter at the helm of the U.S. men's national team. And I've got to tell you, you were dead on with their level of play, the quality of of their passing especially. You were right on it with Greg Berhalter. Yeah, and they dominated possession for a majority of the game. I mean, it very well could have been 5, if not 6-0. There were so many opportunities that they had, but we're not really here to highlight the performance of the U.S. men's national team. A 3 nothing win over Panama is a good thing, but LAFC 2 Panama 0 is the stat that I'm interested in, and it started off with Walker Zimmerman 
no surprise, heading a ball in the 80th minute, which was the second goal. Now, this is uh, the second goal of the game, but it was also his second goal as a U.S. men's national player. If you remember a year earlier, he did score against Bolivia in, in another friendly match. So he punched it in in the, in the 80th minute, and I, my wife and I were jumping up and down. You'd swear the Mets won the World Series. It was <laughs> it was really exciting. I People were asking, and I saw the post on the podcast, oh, you know, Michael Bradley's playing. Uh, I'm going to go watch the Chivas game. And I thought, you know, no big deal. I understand that people don't support the U.S. men's national team as a whole, but had to support the LAFC guys. When Walker came out there and he scored, oh, it was the greatest thing. Yet again, LAFC showed up. So at that point, we're looking at 2-0, but... You know, looking around the pitch and seeing the amount of substitutions that Burhalter was putting in, I was wondering, and I'm sure, Scarf, you were too, would Christian Ramirez get his opportunity to finally feature? That would have been the icing on the cake. And we weren't disappointed because, well, he came in in the 84th minute. And then the rest of the story, I'm going to leave to you because I'm out of breath. Yeah, icing on the cake. It was the entire Betty Crocker can of icing in the 89th minute. Off of a rebound, Christian was in the perfect spot to slot one into the back of the net. Let's see, he scored in his debut for LAFC. He scored in his debut for the U.S. men's national team. And at that point, I lost my mind. You know, I've been pushing for this kid, Christian Ramirez, to get as much playing time as possible. I'm really excited to see him on the pitch more and more for LAFC. Who knows what the move for Fito is going to do for Christian's time But wearing the red, white, and blue, when Christian Ramirez scored our third goal, I lost it. I was so excited for this kid. What a first cap it must have been to not just be out there, but to be out there and to make a huge play for your team and to put us up 3 nothing. in. You're absolutely right. It could have been 6 nothing at that point. A couple misses from Jossie Zardes, a couple of other open plays, but Christian Ramirez First goal as a U.S. men's national team member in his first cap, in his fifth or sixth minute even being on the field. What an incredible day for LAFC. Yeah, five minutes. You pretty much said what I was going to say next. It took him five minutes to make an impact. LAFC, two, Panama, zero. But overall, U.S. men's national team, three, Panama, zero. Now, they have another chance. We may see these boys punching some more goals because on February the 2nd, the U.S. men's national team heads to San Jose for a friendly against Costa Rica. And just in case you're wondering, no, that Costa Rican team will not feature Marco Urena. Yeah, we'll talk a little bit about Marco at the end of our podcast, but it's actually a pretty good segue because the U.S. men's national team, of course, featuring Walker and Christian still in camp with them, they will. they were not on the field for our LAFC boys in our first preseason match against Toronto FC. Of course, the much-anticipated return of the general. Unfortunately, it was a closed preseason match down in... Was it down in Irvine or was that at... It was uh, in Irvine, yes. It was in Irvine, yeah. A closed preseason match against Toronto FC and, of course, Laurent Simon. And we took it to Simon Right off the bat, we scored a couple of quick goals. Philly, why don't you tell us about those first couple quick goals? Yeah, I'll tell you this. It was only preseason. I don't want too many people to get excited because it's only preseason. But 
Because of what happened, I'm excited. And I don't care if it was only preseason. So we had Horta score the opening goal of the game, which he picked up off a Carlos Vela assist. And even though it's only preseason, I think after the year he had last year, this is just one heck of a way to build up his confidence. I'm hoping he's going to score more frequently and obviously more often. Great way to begin. First uh, goal of the season. Carlos Vela assisted on that. But, you know, that wasn't the only goal that came as a result of, you know, the first half. We also had a second goal, which Carlos Vela also was a part of. He had a shot that came off the far post, but it fell right into the path of our boy Diego Rossi. You know, if you don't remember him, he's the one who scored the first goal against the Sounders. Diego Diego Rossi. Rossi. And so right off the bat, I mean, that's that's a good thing. Picking up where we left off, we have Horta, one of our designated players, scoring in his the first time of the season, first time in his career, I would say. And then, of course, Diego Rossi picking up where we left off with the second goal. But that wasn't it. And I'll, the next goal I'm going to talk, we're going to talk about, Scarf. I'm going to leave it up to you because you're really excited about this kid. So what happened? How was the third goal scored? Who did it? Take it away. That's right. I talked about him in our last podcast. I thought he really does have a legitimate shot to make this roster. He goes by the nickname of Jakey, Peter Lee Vassal. And what I loved about LAFC is we have all of these fantastic players on our team, guys that have capped for our team several times, major league soccer veterans, but who do they pick to step up and to bury a PK? But Peter Lee Vassal, our top pick in this year's MLS draft, the super draft, and I, I honestly, I see great things for this kid. Again, he was the Caribbean Combine MVP. He was the only player from the Caribbean Combine invited to the Major League Soccer Combine here in America. Peter Lee Vassal, I see great things for this kid's future, in this kid's future, I should say. Another example of our front office digging deep and finding great talent wherever it might be. I'm super excited about Peter Lee Vassal. I think this kid is going to make the roster. It's going to be tough. But I've got to tell you, looking at the highlights from those three goals, how beautiful it was to see Horta, Rossi, and Vela all coming forward together. If we're going to forget about Horta's first touch against the Galaxy, then these are the kind of moments that Andre Horta has to use to build and really take that playing time from anybody else. I think he should be on the pitch to start every single game. I think he's going to play really well alongside Vela and Rossi. And this first scrimmage, 3-1, absolutely great results. However, there is one thing I want to bring up. We did give up another goal late, late, late in the match. I believe after the 80th minute, it was Drew Moore. Yeah, Drew Moore for Toronto FC, put one in the back of the net late. It was a 3-1 victory, so the victory was all but salted away at that point. But another goal late in a match. I'm telling you, I'm going to start to have a little PTSD from last season. So we'll, we'll see if we can shore that up. We've obviously got a little bit of work to do on the defensive end. I'm not sure who was on the field on our back line at that point. As so I know, many subs going We had on. made a ton of subs, which was great. A lot of guys getting their first cap. Um, you know, it was, it was great. But again, another late goal given up by our defense in the final 10 minutes. We'll see what happens. But look, all in all, a 3-1 victory, a fantastic way to start our preseason. 
Uh, yes, and again, it's only preseason, but very, very good reasons to be extremely excited going forward. So we're going to take a little break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about a couple more roster changes. We're going to talk a little bit about the Vissel Kobe game, and we definitely got to give shout-outs to the Academy Player Boys. We we need to have an entire segment about these guys because they're just doing wonderful things down in that under-15 camp. But, you know, a well, word from our sponsor, and we'll be right back. All right, welcome back to the next segment of Defenders of the Bank. I got to tell you, those s'mores cookies that I bought from those little Girl Scouts the other day really filled the void. Yeah, I love how Girl Scout season coincides with me trying to lose weight every year for the new year. That's great. Thanks, Girl Scouts. Thin Mints, Samoas, and S'mores. Nothing beats those. Yeah, they shouldn't be called Thin Mints because I'm never any thinner after eating the entire box of Thin Mints. Thanks, Girl Scouts. But yeah, I always want some more of the S'mores, and I'm going to stop with my Girl Scout cookie puns now. <laughs> All right, so let's get back into it. So we started off having the conversation about Fito Zelaya. We, uh, we talked about the U.S. men's national team. We highlighted the LAFC scrimmage, but let's get into uh, some of the former players that are no longer on our roster. Scarf, I know you wanted to talk about this. Take it away. Yeah, we had a couple of our players who played for the Black and Gold last season sign with a team for this season that, of course, is not the Black and Gold. The first one, Callum Malice. Callum played in seven games for us, of course, getting most of his run in the Open Cup against Fresno FC, where he actually played the full 90, which was the majority of his minutes for the entire year in the Black and Gold. He's actually going to be spending the second year in a row with a team making its debut. This year, it'll be Austin Bold FC, and if you don't follow the USL Championship Division, they're basically like the triple A of soccer. They're actually where FC Cincinnati has played before. It's it, a lot of great teams. Louisville City FC is another great one out there. Of course, Phoenix Rising FC is in the USL, where Shaft and Tristan both played at the end of the year. So lots of great teams in the USL Championship Division. Austin Bold FC going to be playing their first season in the USL. And if you want to see Callum Alice, he'll actually be back in Southern California twice this season. He'll be in Carson May 4th to take on Galaxy 2, and he'll be in Irvine May 18th to take on our former affiliate, Orange County Soccer Club. So Callum Alice playing the season with the Austin Bold FC. That leads me into Marco Orania, one of our, our key members through the first half of our season, of course, selected by the LAFC in the expansion draft. He went on to play an integral role for the first couple of months, but he actually suffered a facial fracture in the first ever game at Bank of California Stadium and then went off to World Cup duty for Costa Rica. And after that, it was really hard for him to get a season back on track with Adama Diomande and Christian Ramirez both filling up a lot of the playing time. Unfortunately, that was about it for the significant run for Marco Urania. He signed with a team back in his native Costa Rica, Alajuense or Alajuense. Um, I'm sure I'm going to get... A lot of ads for how I pronounce that. I believe, again, it's Alajuelense, but I could be wrong. Uh, I probably am wrong with that. They're one of the most successful clubs in Costa Rica and Central America. They've won 29 national titles, this team. And what I thought was cool, they were the first ever team to record 100 points in a national club league, which I thought was really cool. They've actually matched that 100-point total two more times. And the cool part about it is this year they'll be celebrating their 100th anniversary as a team. So good luck. And good tidings to Callum Malice and Marco Arena, both signing with new teams for the 2019 season. 
Do you think he's got any reservations about not going to play with Chicago? Because I'm looking at their weather right now. Minus 15 degrees sounds so appealing right now, doesn't it? Oh, that just hurts my face thinking about minus 15 in Chicago. I know there were some places today where it was like minus 55 with the wind chill. Minnesota. I I don't even think thermometers go that low. So if somehow you're listening to our podcast via, we are on Apple Podcasts, we're on Google Podcasts, we're on Stitcher. Spotify. Yep, Spotify. If you're listening to us from somewhere where you guys are experiencing this incredible cold right now, please stay indoors. Just listen to our podcast, stay inside, you know, surf around on the internet, look up some fun stuff, but stay inside. There's no reason for you to be outside we're obviously all thinking of the midwest and the east coast right now just these awful awful cold spell i'm not thinking about them i'm laughing in fact i called my mom up the other day just to point my finger on her via skype and whatnot and i laughed i don't want to be cold i don't ever want to live anywhere where my face hurts because it's cold minus 15 minus 55 look if you have the opportunity to go nothing's keeping you there come to california or actually you know what never mind don't come to california we have enough traffic so you guys stay inside but tomorrow we're gonna enjoy our time outside because we open up the bank we finally open up the bank again against Vissel kobe and i can't believe it's here uh, scarf I-, I can't even contain myself i'm so pumped for this game you know as i've been waiting for this game I've looked up more and more about Andres Iniesta. And I know we talked about, obviously, the three megastars that are on Vissel Kobe, David Villa, Lucas Podolski, and Andres Iniesta. But as I look up and I, I learn a whole lot more, because remember, guys, don't forget, if you're listening to this podcast, I am born and raised here in Los Angeles, grew up a baseball player and a swimmer who has just fallen in love with soccer over these last couple of years. I obviously knew the name Andres Iniesta from those years of playing FIFA because that name, Iniesta, it's impossible to forget hearing it over and over and over again, especially as when I played it, uh, he was the one that kept making the passes to all the forwards that I would be losing to against the computer. So I remember Andres Iniesta well. But it's incredible to look at how revered and respected he is throughout the entire soccer community. I can't wait to see Andres Iniesta on the pitch against LAFC for Vissel Kobe. But there are so many other players. It's a deep roster out there. And Philly, I know you've done a little bit of a deep dive on some of these guys on the roster. Tell us a little bit about more of the roster of Vissel Kobe. Yeah, so of course we highlighted Iniesta. Of course we highlighted David Villa. Of course we highlighted Podolski. But there are eight other people that are going to be on the pitch uh, at that point. And so let's just talk about some of them. So Doing my research, just trying to figure out who was on there. Even before we start with the players, let's talk about the fact that they actually have a coach from Spain. That's a big deal. Juan Manuel Leo Diaz. Now, the interesting thing about him is he was, at one point, the youngest manager to manage in La Liga. He took over Zaragoza at the age of 29. And he had spells at Real Sociedad, and he was the assistant uh, on Chile and uh, and for Sevilla, national and uh, international. But that's a pretty interesting statistic. When we were doing all the advertising for the Vissel Kobe game, I don't know, I'm going to re- reference a really old movie. Do you remember the movie with Tom Selleck, Mr. Baseball? 
Absolutely. It had Frank Thomas in it, my favorite baseball player of all time. I, I was interpreting like these guys going over to Japan as a Mr. Baseball type deal, but that's not the case because the manager is from Spain. The manager's got a lot of experience. He's got Iniesta, he's got Podolsky, he's got David Villa, but he's going to be bringing that flair, that La Liga style of play to Japan, and that's going to make it really interesting to watch. I mean, they've got three of some of the world's best players, at least at some point in their career, on this team. But there's a couple other people that we want to highlight on there. So Hotaru Yamaguchi is one of the more valuable players on the Vissel Kobe roster. And the interesting thing about him is he spent 45 games playing with the Japanese national team. He was most recently in this past World Cup. And if the one thing we remember about Japan is uh, how clean they were, they, they always have a pretty solid squad. And they have players that not only play obviously in Japan, but they play in the Bundesliga, Shinji Kagawa, Dortmund. I mean, you've got guys that, you know, play all throughout Germany, England, in some cases, France and Spain. So they had a pretty decent squad and he featured on that. In addition, our goal, their goalkeeper, Kim, he was on the Korean national team and he had 36 caps. That same Korean team that unfortunately beat my Germans. Yeah, you know what I love about the fact that this team has a Korean goalkeeper? It's a lot of like what we've seen Recently with LAFC signing a Salvadoran with a lot of Mexican fans, you know, I know that that there's I'll, I'll just use the word a little bit of awkwardness or, or unsure uh, feelings about how some of our, our Mexican fans feel about the signing of Fito. It's got to have been kind of the same thing when this Japanese team signed a Korean in goal. But look, if you read up on this goalkeeper, Sungyu Kim, Korean national keeper, again, playing 36 caps with his national team. They are looking to put the best product out there on the field. And this kid is a fantastic goalie, really fun to watch on the national team, and really does everything that you need to do from a great goalkeeper. Sungyu Kim is going to be a lot of fun to watch in goal. It probably will be against Tyler Miller for the entire game. So this will be fun. You've got an up-and-coming U.S. national team potential goalie going up against a, a a grizzled veteran on the Korean national team with 36 caps in Sungyu Kim. And let's not forget to highlight the two Brazilians that are also on the Vissel Kobe roster. We have Wesley and we have Wellington. Yeah, I think uh, in downtown Los Angeles, there was a restaurant that opened up last month called Wesley and Wellington. So, yeah, churrascaria? Yeah, I hope so. Yeah, if it's Brazilian. Um, yeah, no, always fun to see Brazilians play on the pitch they just it's that that beautiful game that they try to play and you know for years and years and years and years they were the world favorites every time they took the pitch and it's great to see a couple Brazilians out there with Wesley and Wellington there are no Viso Kobe players on the Japan national team right now, though, I don't believe, correct? No. The only one that I recall doing the research on was Yamaguchi, who uh, you know had the 45 games. But you know they've got a pretty decent roster, so it should be a competitive game. Of course, there's going to be a lot of substitutions going on, and I really hope we get to see Iniesta, Podolsky, and David Villa you know, quite a bit. But you know we'll, we'll see. Either way, it's going to be so exciting to be back in the bank. It's going to be so exciting to hear the roar of the 3252. It's just going to be good to be back home, man. I just I, I can't wait. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. A quick note about Viso Kobe, actually, a couple of days ago on Monday of this week, they played the Columbus crew in their first of what is, I believe, a four-game U.S. World Tour. They played a 0-0 draw against Columbus. It was a modified game. They actually played two 
35-minute halves. They played down in Irvine where OCSC, our former affiliate, where their home is. So again, they played down in Irvine, a modified 75-minute game. Of course, for the crew, no Zach Steffen, no Will Trapp, no Jossie Zardes. So it was not a full lineup for them. But from what I read, all three of the stars did play at least part of the 70 minutes. So it looks like we'll be able to see them play. So a 0-0 draw against Columbus. And if you're looking to follow Vissel Kobe on this tour, they do play Toronto FC on February 2nd, of course, with Laurent Simon. And they play our former affiliate OCSC on February 5th. Both of those games will be played down in Irvine at OCSC's home field. I believe it's called Great Park. And so those are two more games. If you want to go see David Villa, Lukas Podolski, Andres Iniesta, and the rest of Vissel Kobe, they're playing two more games after us. But our game is the only one in an MLS soccer stadium. And of course, why would you want to go anywhere other than Bank of California Stadium tomorrow, 7 p.m.? Get your dancing shoes on because it is time to go. We are, what, 19 hours away as of recording this right now? So again, cannot wait to see this game tomorrow. Of course. So now we're just going to take one quick break, and then we're going to wrap everything up with just a couple more tidbits. So hang on one second. We're almost there. We'll talk to you in a second. All right, welcome back. This is going to be our last segment today, and I'm sure you're wondering, what? It's only 32 minutes into it. Yeah, we wanted to keep it short because this is the podcast that we hope you listen to on your way to the bank. So we're just going to keep it short and sweet for you and informative. Scarf? Yeah, let's talk about the newest, biggest, baddest kid on the block, the LAFC Youth Academy. They enjoyed an incredibly successful season last year, winning tournament after tournament. And we've got some really exciting news regarding three of our players on U15 national teams. Philly, give us the great news on three of these players. So the news came out, I think it was on the 27th. We had, and forgive me if I'm butchering this, Tony Leone and Aldehir Rua, who were selected for the U.S. under-15 national team. So that was a really exciting thing. Now, this youth academy has been performing exceptionally well, domestically and internationally, and don't be surprised if in a couple of years we don't see these kids on the roster. But to get two of these kids uh, up to the U.S. men's national team is an exciting thing, but the news came out today that a third member from our LAFC academy is on international duty as well, and his name, Donovan Palomares, and he's traveling to join the under 15 Mexico team and I mean I have three players selected for international duty in one youth academy that's a pretty tremendous thing I mean we have a great exciting team always see the stat lines from there we need to start going to those games and showing our support for these kids scarf yeah you know what I think is really cool is if you see some of the highlights of their games you can actually hear and see the 3252 in the background in many of these games. These guys so, are there for everything. Yeah, I love it. These these kids are incredibly well supported. How cool it must be to be obviously under 15 years old and being able to put on the colors of your national team. Of course, for our goalie Donovan putting on the colors for Mexico and the red, white, and blue for our two players, Tony and Aldi. I think it's just the coolest honor in the world to be called up to a national team. I don't care if it's under 15 or I don't care if it's the over 75-year-old softball team of the Team USA. It's got to be so cool to put on the national colors for your team. Congratulations to these three kids. 
And look, if you're not following the LAFC academies on any of their social media, please do. And you're absolutely right. We've got to get out to a game. We might have to do a live podcast from one of these academy games sometime soon. That's not a bad idea. Again, we could. it's a scouting trip, really, because these kids are clearly going to play in the pros in some way, shape, or form. So we definitely need to get out there. All right, so that brings us to you know one of our favorite segments, our Wait, wait what? what segment of the day. And Scarf, what is our Wait What segment of the day today? You know, I did not think, at least this early on in our podcast career, of course, we are five episodes in, that we would be able to take part in a red carpet world premiere event, but yet there we were at Free Play LA last week for the world premiere of the final chapter, episode seven of the Gary Gary Gold Gold story. Story. I mean, that was absolutely incredible. Now, look. If you all don't know about Christian's fandom, I will say, of <laughs> Gary Gold, he showed me incredibly early on in our friendship a Gold 69 LAFC black jersey. And my first question was, wait, who? What? I, I, don't, I don't understand. And that's when I was first introduced to Gary Gold. But I didn't think I'd actually be able to be literally introduced to Gary Gold at his oh, world yeah. premiere of episode seven. Uh, Gary, if you're listening, I know the sound wasn't what you wanted it to be, but the ambiance at Free Play LA was incredible. He had a lot of the stars from the seven episodes of the Gary Gold story there. And it was just a neat event. There were a lot of people that showed up to see that for the seventh episode of the Gary Gold story. And Philly, I know you in particular were having a really good time. It's fun. Yeah. And I, I saw episode one and I just, I got a kick out of it. And then of course he went into his Barry Bold Seattle Sounders thing, which I thought was great. <laughs> Crashing Tom Penn's birthday. Just another classic video. And I love that, that, that type of sense of humor. I mean, he just amused me, and I got the jersey just to support the cause, and we ended up getting pretty friendly, and he may or may not be a special guest on the pod. We'll never tell, but it was super fun to go out there, and even though throughout the duration of the premiere, we were all yelling, who are ya? We left the venue going, we know ya, and definitely hope to see more Gary Gold stories down the road. A lot of fun. Gold 69 jerseys, hashtag sign gold. We love you, Gary. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. And like you said, uh, maybe there's some more Gary Gold news happening on the podcast in the next little bit. So that about wraps up our On the Way to Vissel Kobe game podcast. We're just about 38 minutes in or so. But in the next week, we've got a couple of significant dates for two of our players. I'm going to go ahead and start out with one. On February 1st, the Stephen Betashore will Beta be celebrating time. a birthday. So it'll be Beta birthday time on February 1st. <laughs> Happy birthday, February 1st in two days to Stephen Betashore. And we've got a new member of our team we're going to throw a birthday party for. Who's that? Eddie Segura, February 2nd. Don't forget to wish him a happy birthday on social media. That's right. So two birthdays coming up in the next week or so. We are going to be back in the next, I don't know. Hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. There's going to be a third birthday in the month of February. I came up with the list for all February birthdays. Yeah, but aren't we going to be recording an episode before that birthday comes out? Yeah, we will, but I want to give our listeners just like an extra bit of time to be prepared. On February 14th, yes, it's Valentine's Day, uh, Dio's birthday. So we've got three Dio, the heavy metal band? No, not Ronnie James Dio. Adama Diamande. Oh, got it. 
February 14th, Valentine's Day. So, yes, three LAFC birthdays in the month of February. Stephen Betashore on the 1st, that's Friday. Eddie Segura on the 2nd, that's Saturday. And Dio on the 14th, which is on a Thursday. But, yeah, keep that. Mark it on your calendar. Don't forget to wish our boys a happy birthday. So that about wraps up our On the Way to Vissel Kobe Game podcast. This is episode five of the Defenders of the Bank podcast with, of course, Philly and the Scarf. If you are not following us, again, on social media, at on Instagram and Facebook at Defenders of the Bank and on Twitter at Defend the Bank, please do. You know, we've gotten a lot of great feedback from our followers and we actually listen to what you have to say. We've put some stuff in our notes about what to talk about and we love the feedback. We love that some of you are listening. We had one listener give us a shout out for mentioning Edgar Allan Poe. So he said, hey, any podcast that mentions Edgar, mentions Edgar Allan Poe, I'm going to make sure that we follow. So a big thank you to all of you that are following us and supporting us on social media. And again, look for us in our jerseys tomorrow at the Vissel Kobe game. If you see a gentleman wearing a Philly 80 jersey, that is the Christian Philemon Philly. That's me. And of course, I will have my The Scarf 83 jersey on. So if you see us, shout out, shout out, as you put on uh, social media, Yo Defenders, shout out Yo Defenders, and we'll have pins or excuse me, buttons or stickers. We're having a new set of buttons, stickers and pins and everything made up too. That'll be just in time for our season ticket holder preseason game coming up in just a couple of weeks too. Yeah, flags and rags are going to have t-shirts, hats, a whole bunch of other cool stuff. So yeah, you see us at the stadium tomorrow and you yell, yo, defenders, we'll hook you up. But supplies are limited. We'll give out as many as we can of the people that recognize us. We just can't wait to see you tomorrow. We can't wait to hear the 3252. We can't wait to reconnect with old friends. We can't wait to make new friends and we can't wait to see this game. I'm thrilled. I've said it a hundred times before. I just, I'm so excited. So we'll see you tomorrow at the bank. Philly and the Scarf signing out. Bye-bye.